You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is a special episode of the Nerd Room Arcade. We're discussing 2021's Mortal Kombat. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. And I'm going to be taking the reins here as the official host of the Nerd Room Arcade. I appreciate, Tim, you uh, giving me that setup there. I was, a little, I was a little leery. It was a little weird stepping into your house and... Uh, running the bar, so to speak, but uh, here we are, folks. Ooh. Mortal Kombat episode on the Nerd Room Arcade, coming to you in the regular feed, so everybody's confused, the numbering is going to be off, people are going to want that legacy numbering for the podcast, <laughs> chaos everywhere, but in order to manage that chaos and try and steer our way through in the vein of maybe not Mortal Kombat, but maybe a little bit of uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter. I'm going to tag in a special guest here from the Let's Go feed. We got our boy, Chris Evans. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How's things with you? Pretty good. I can't complain. Well, thank you very much for being here today. And um, yeah, man, excited to toss around all things Mortal Kombat. We'll, uh, no, we'll get it kicked off and we'll get it kicked off with you. And uh, why don't you let us know kind of what your history with the franchise is as far as like the game goes, or maybe you just saw the 95 movie, or maybe you just finished playing a couple rounds of Mortal Kombat 11 right now. <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat 11 is a great time, but no, I didn't finish it just now. I, I would have liked to. Uh, my history with the game, I actually remember when I was a kid and it came out, it was like a brand new thing. And it was new also because it was so violent and people weren't used to that. And it was, a, you know, parents were like freaking out. Do we let our children play this while I had it? And I was like ripping people's heads, you know, heads off and stuff. And I thought it was a great time as a kid. And so I grew up with Mortal Kombat as one of my, you know, favorite franchises. I played all the games. I love the 95 movie even till today. I know it's crap by today's standards. I get it. But there's just something fun about it. Nostalgia. Annihilation, though, is another. There's a special place in hell for that Blu-ray. <laughs> but um, this is true yeah it's it sucks but no offense to anybody who likes it um and then you know as the years passed i still play all the games i'm a, still a big fan i wouldn't say that i know everything there is to know but i'm a fan i like it a lot and going into this particular movie carlos this was like superhero movie level for me you know this was something like like as excited I am for the suicide and the batman suicide squad and the batman that's kind of where my hype level was for this I was in it. Wow. That's amazing. Well, man, we tagged in the right guy. Yeah, man. This is like when you're at the arcade and you have your, your buddy who's the ringer, and you maybe throw <laughs> him that third round if you're playing somebody, but you don't know if you can get it done. It's like, yo, man, do, do you want to just take this one? And... <laughs> but, but, you know, you put your quarters on top, so you got your space reserved, though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Exactly. That's old school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those mean streets of the UFC arcade. <laughs> So next, I'll throw it to my co-host of the Nerd Room Arcade, my player one, Troy the Boy. Yeah, what's going on? I don't know, man. Why don't you uh, refresh everybody of where uh, where your history is at with this year franchise? 
yeah, Mortal Kombat, you know, it's uh, it's my number two when it comes to fighting games. You know, it's always been Capcom for me was always the king when it came to the Street of Street Fighter series. But uh, Mortal Kombat, man, it came up, especially part two. Part two, I really remember just being like, wow, this is amazing. They kind of had like that that side scrolling beat em up, but like motion cap because it's like real. These are like real looking people. Uh, Johnny Cage, his personality just kind of just really just gelled with me. I love that character. I love the violence. I'm not the biggest violent guy. You know, like, I can't really play Resident Evil by myself. I don't really watch a lot of horror movies. But for whatever reason, when it comes to Mortal Kombat, I can just get right in there, lights off, and just attack it. So I was all in, man. And the 95 movie, too. I have a lot of love. I remember renting that on um on pay-per-view. And, I was, again, I just loved Liu Kang. I loved uh, Shang Tsung. Oh, his presence was something else. And the way that movie ended, I really, really did dig that movie. And you know what? As of today, right now, I like that movie a lot more. I like that movie <laughs> a lot more. So, uh, but we'll get into all those things. Mortal Kombat 11, uh, Mortal Kombat uh, 9 as well, kind of like the, the soft reboot, really brought me back into the franchise coming off of the heels of, I think it's like the Xbox 360, PS3 era. Mm-hmm. But the story, man, the story in those last three games from Mortal Kombat 9, Mortal Kombat X slash 10, and Mortal Kombat 11, those three games for me have really kind of outdone the Street Fighter franchise as in this, as in today's date. So uh, big expectations, man. I'm right there with Chris. Like coming into this movie, that trailer, man, it, it hit me like Amazing Spider-Man 2 because Amazing Spider-Man 2 had that trailer. It had that amazing trailer, much like this movie did. And my anticipation level was high. I was really going in there like, man, this is going to be the Mortal Kombat universe. Like, we're going balls to the wall here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, we'll get into it. I'm I'm going to suggest that my dream of seeing you show up on this record rocking that Jax mustache <laughs> is not going to be realized. But we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> he doesn't need any bionic arms, though. He's got to... <laughs> Well, the gun's loaded already. Is Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Timbo, my man, what? Uh, where do you sit with this here Mortal Kombat franchise? As far as the games, the movies, not at all. Just. This I just wanted to come hand. onto the Nerd Room Arcade here, so I just invited myself into. I paid the twenty-five <laughs> bucks to watch the movie just so I could hang out with you guys on this on this show and provide. <laughs> A little color commentary and take a break from hosting duties because sometimes sometimes it's nice to kick back and just provide the chaos as you're saying. <laughs> but no, actually, to be honest with you guys, I, like for those of you that, that listen to the pod and all that, I'm not I'm not a huge gamer. I'm not a current gamer. The last system I owned was an Xbox, <laughs> so gaming has never been my real forte. But this franchise in particular holds a special place because. I probably played this game the most as a child with my cousins. I had a couple older cousins. They had Sega. They had Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2. I watched the movies with them, listened to the soundtrack from that movie. Mm. You know, we all know that Mortal Kombat theme, right? Everyone heard that. Anyone that grew up in the 90s knows that theme. And so I know most of the characters, your Sub-Zeros, your Scorpions, your Reptile Smoke, all this kind of like. The, the, the toasty like i love that right <laughs> so i do have an Amazing affinity that. for this universe and for these characters and it's probably outside of maybe mario goldeneye and wwf wrestling games is probably the game i've played the most cool. growing up and like troy i'm not a huge violence guy not a gore person even some of this stuff i kind of had to turn my head away from like that's that i just makes my stomach feel funny 
so the the violence end of it like in a video game it never seemingly bothered me even though you know you get the guys getting their heads taken off and all this and so it never bothered me there it bothered me in these movies a little bit um i remember significant things like the babalities were they <laughs> <laughs> yep and what was there's another goofy one friendship too. Friendship. friendship yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i remember weird stuff like that happening and my cousins going to town on luke kang trying to get the dragon to appear oh yeah bringing smoke out was another big thing in reptile yeah. i think in mortal kombat yeah. one or two that's right i remember those really sitting at moments for whatever reason and so yeah, I have a, I have an interesting tie to this, and it, and when that trailer first dropped, I was like, yeah, I was right there with you guys. Like, this looks cool. It's all the familiar characters. I want them to create a universal world around this, and even if it's just a punch them up for an hour and a half, something that you can flick your brain off out the door, run into, enjoy a bit, and then expect a two, three, four, five, and run this series. I was all game for it. So I was I was pretty hyped walking into it. Yeah, man. Like for me, I, much like Troy, I was ride and die with that Capcom universe. And yeah. um, I, but I always had buddies that gravitated towards Mortal Kombat, so I was familiar with them and I played them a bit. Uh, and I was always the guy with the system, and so I would have the system. And we had a close group of friends, so like they would buy the games or rent the games or whatever, and we'd played them all the way through. And I enjoyed them all, like MK One, Two, Three, and then kind of during that PlayStation era, and like. It wasn't Annihilation. It was Armageddon, I think, was the Mortal... Like, the Mortal Kombat games, like, really fell off. Yeah. Uh, especially compared to some of the other fighters that were out there. So it was totally off my radar until DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat. And, man, I love that game for obvious reasons. But it was super well done. Like, the engine was tight and the models were incredible. And uh, I was unstoppable with Batman. Like it's a <laughs> custom-built yeah. goddamn Batman video game. <laughs> yeah, so that that one like really reignited my love for the franchise. And that one takes you kind of deep cuts into some of the lore and the worlds of Mortal Kombat. Uh, or at least for me, like I hadn't really paid that much attention to it before that. And then a um, bit of a hiatus. Or I, I kind of played the Injustice stuff and enjoyed mm. it there. But then it wasn't until MK11 was kind of on sale. We're in the pandemic, and I'm like, ah, you know, it seems interesting. And, like, hardcore MK guys are going to hate me for this, but it was Spawn yeah. that kind of got those wheels turning. And <laughs> Troy's like, dude, just get this game. It's worth it for this story mode. And uh, I was hooked. Like, honestly, between The Witcher and MK11, I didn't even notice eight months of the pandemic. Like, we've only been in this thing for, like, six months because – I, I I was in on the continent and I was on Outworld, man. Like <laughs> the time, it just passed. But man, do I ever love MK11? And in fact, I was doing a few towers minutes before we jumped on the so record good. here, man. It's just fun and just the feel of that game and it, it just like the combo system and just, it, it, the fighting is just so visceral and it really puts you like right there. Yeah, just fantastic game, and honestly, I wonder how NetherRealm is going to top this one because Injustice Three or MK12 has got pretty big bar to clear. And then, uh, yeah, hype for the movie. I was hyped, man. We did our little episode for the film once that trailer dropped, and I, I was all in. I, I liked what I saw that they were doing, and it kind of had that feel of what's going on in MK11, and uh, I was there for it. I was like, come on, let's go. And uh, 
you know, that uh, that episode is buried in the archives somewhere there. So just pull it up. I think it was Nerd Room Arcade episode two, maybe. I think so. Yeah. 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 After the Star Wars kind of like nostalgia episode. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. You can kind of get into the the more detailed thoughts on that trailer if you so desire with that one. But uh, let's, uh, let's round table this. Just high level thoughts. We'll work our way through the movie later and give some final ratings and... Uh, you know, you've sat down, kind of take me through the scenario of what, what it was like, how you set your scene, and uh, what you were feeling like coming out of that. Timbo, what uh, what did Mortal Kombat look like in your household? Well, it was just me watching it. <laughs> sat down on Sunday night there, popped it on, did the $25 rental through Amazon Prime, and I was pretty engaged with it at the start. The opening scene is it's fairly... There's a lot there. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot going on. And I didn't quite understand who everyone was, which is okay. I kind of got the gist of it with Sub-Zero and all that. But once I get a bit further into the movie, I find myself, one, questioning who is the main character, and two, to be honest with you, it's a little bit messy. And I found myself unable at times to flick off my brain the way I feel I should have because I was just a bit confused as to what was going on and what they were trying to actually do with the characters. And it felt like they spent so much time setting things up and then they just kind of sprinted towards a conclusion and maybe not an overly satisfying conclusion. So overall, like it it was just kind of a, a meh, like it just, it was enough to entertain me, especially in the environment that we're, we're currently residing in, especially in Canada. But looking back on it now, would I have spent the $25 on it? Knowing what I know, probably not. This would have been a Netflix watch for me. I would have never seen this in the theaters, in any scenario, pandemic or not. I, it's just not something I would would have paid. To, and I'm trying to be as honest as possible, right? Yes. It's not in my space. But overall enjoyment, it was it was fine. It was good enough that it, it caught me for an hour and a half on a Sunday night. Everyone in the house was asleep. And it was entertaining. Cool, cool, Troy. Yeah, man. What the, you you just watched it last night, right? Just yeah, fresh, man. Fresh off the press. Yep. Fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did it what did it look like for you, man? Who? Um. So those first, I, I guess you know, a while back there, they released the first seven minutes on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I, I stayed away from that, and I went to this film fresh. And those first seven minutes are by far the best thing in this film. Um, I love what they did with Scorpion. And Sub Zero, I thought that setup was cool. Um, the family, whatever was going on there, it was nice. This even the setting looked cool. The mm-hmm. set, and as soon as we did that time jump where you, things just got predictable, like you knew, like that, like we're going full spoilers, right? Oh this yeah, this is discussion. So you could pretty much tell where the lineage was with mm-hmm. um with the Cole character to Scorpion right off the bat. You already know where that was going, and the quality and acting just dropped. Scorpion, in my opinion, brought it. Like, mm-hmm. and he's a well established actor. He's been in plenty of things, um, but the quality and acting just dropped significantly once we got to Cole. Jax was Jax was Jax, but um. Even the fight scenes, because for me, kind of like Tim, like I try to turn off my brain. I can I can do that watching like the Fast and the Furious and all sorts of kind of movies. And when it came to this one, I just could not help but notice the technical things because it was blatantly in my face how badly edited CGI yeah. acting 
the fight choreography. They're, like this is Mortal Kombat. If you could at least just deliver on the fighting, I'm there. But there was moments where I'm watching like I think Sonya do like a really cool like spin, and you want to see it connect, and then they 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 cut it only to land to the connect. So like you're missing like the full motion of like the effect of like how cool the look could be because you're jumping from one end to the other without seeing the middle. Like mm. and and they did that countless amount of times, which was weird because when you watch that trailer, like the idea of Sub Zero freezing someone's blood and then stabbing them, like I was like, that that's that's amazing. Like we got gold here. And 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 that was that was the highlight really was that kind of stuff uh from the trailer. But the story for me is just is just very predictable. It is is an ensemble film that felt like everybody was acting in like a soap opera mm-hmm. or weekend at Bernie's or like something. <laughs> everybody felt like they're all over the place instead of just being like in the same film. Liu Kang, Liu Kang, I was like, this guy's gonna be awesome, and he was like, I think like within the second scene of his introduction, he was overacting like nobody's business, and I'm like, why is this guy? Why is he well, doing then, this? They're then just then having the a crap civil conversation. Out of him. <laughs> yeah. Seen. Yeah, it was just, uh, it's just, it's just so weird. I don't really want to bash on it right off the bat, but I'm just, I'm pulling on strings of what I, of what I liked because it's my own damn fault though. Because I was so hyped for this film that when it came into it, I just, I don't know. It just, I guess we'll get into it. But for anyways, my my highlights was easily the, the beginning arc mm-hmm. of just seeing Scorpion and Sub Zero kind of go at it there. I thought that was pretty well done. See, and yeah. this this is why when I do when I run the reviews, I have I have this little pressure release at the beginning because, man, <laughs> you you could have that fatality happening at the like three quarter mark of a review. So, yeah, you gotta man. gotta let the pressure off a little bit and uh, let that combo meter uh, build up there. <laughs> that's how you get reptile. You have to. That's how you unlock them. That's right, man. So you gotta watch for the right moment and then hit up in the space bar on your keyboard and. We'll unlock him. He'll join the podcast. Oh, man. It's, it's Sunny Reptile? <laughs> well, he only shows up every so often. So <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Chris, take me through. You You were probably the most hyped guy that we have on the show today heading into this thing. So take me through what it looked like for your viewing experience and what your kind of high-level thoughts were coming out of it. Well, I've actually watched it twice. Um I, I wanted to watch it Thursday, well, Friday morning when it hit at 2 a.m., but I was like, you know what, this is something I want to be fully awake for, which is something I don't normally do, because usually I'm too excited, so I'll just watch it there, and then I was like, no, can't do that. So I waited until the next day on Friday, and I watched like in the afternoon, I was like, I shut all the windows, you know, all the curtains I mean, made the room as dark as possible, I told my daughter, here's a snack, I'll see you in two hours, <laughs> my wife wasn't home, and I just sat there in silence, I think for the most of the movie, except those moments like, oh, this is cool. And, you know, my first impressions of it as a, as a Mortal Kombat fan, I was just kind of, there were things I was looking for that weren't there, yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly. There's just a couple of things I wanted, didn't happen. And that first time, like like Troy mentioned Luke King's acting, and it, it bothered me the first time I saw him. I know we'll get more into this, but then there's other stuff I noticed that really bugged me about him. And to me, it feels like everyone is in a different movie. Not yeah. so much all the same soap opera, but everybody's in something different. Yeah. Like the actors who play Scorpion and Sub-Zero are clearly in Mortal Kombat. Everybody else, I don't know what they're in. <laughs> well, there maybe was no they Mortal think, Kombat. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they think they're back in, in 92 in the first Mortal Kombat game. I don't know. But but something, something was off there. But I will say, I still enjoy the hell out of it. I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> 
I, I like the action. I love the fatalities. And like, you don't realize how many there are, I think, until you sit down and do a count that there's actually seven, I think it's seven fatalities in this movie. Wow. And they all look great. And the the moment when he gets like the blood icicle, I don't care how many times I watched that. It's badass. Um, so yeah, you know, first time I watched it, I was kind of, I liked it, but I was a little bit leaning toward, uh, I liked 95 better. The second time I watched it, I had those expectations gone, and I realized, okay, what I wanted is not here, so what is this? And that's when I really like, oh, okay, this is cool. I like this. And it, it really hit better for me. So you know, went from probably good to great, in my opinion. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, for me, it was a Saturday night view, just because the way kind of work was going and stuff, like Friday wasn't going to happen, and we had to do the rental and stuff as well, so... Uh, sat down. It was me and my oldest daughter was like really hyped for it. I opened the gates for her to play around with Mortal Kombat 11 and she's fallen in love with this franchise. So she was pretty hyped for it and that elevated my hype. And uh, I had seen a few, not so much reviews I stayed away from, but um, just some of the feedback on Twitter from people whose opinions I respect or who typically like uh, the same things I like. And they were a little cold to it, uh, but the overwhelming thing was people were ups- upset that there was no tournament in the Mortal Kombat movie. And so knowing that that wasn't part of it, uh, I-, I adjusted my expectations a little bit. But uh, yeah, we sat down and man, I quite enjoyed it. And, and mind you, having a- an eye on kind of where reception was my expectations obviously adjusted a bit right so that might have helped but um i I really enjoyed the beginning and then you know you kind of get into it with the other characters and when you're in a position where it's cole and sonya and Jax and Liu kang it it gets pretty rough and even characters like raiden raiden was just he was just so stiff and so weird, but, um, you know, you kind of struggle through those points, but then you get to the fighting and the, like Troy said, like the fight choreography isn't quite there. Like it's not a John Wick or, uh, something of that nature or, or like the Hong Kong martial arts movies. But when they lean into the Mortal Kombat trappings, mm. like when Kung Lao is throwing his hat around and, Liu Kang is doing blows so that he can they can work the fire effect into them or Jax is using his arms. It's just like, you know what? That's cool. And these are things that the 95 movie never gave us that you watch any other number of movies that you never get and they're trying to lace them in as much as possible. Like, you, you watch that final fight between Scorpion and Sub-Zero and they take you through four generations worth of those guys' special moves mm. with with the things that you see on display. So I appreciated that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like my final thoughts were, I actually really like this, but I don't think that they knew what they had on their hands and they probably should have given it to a more seasoned director. Mm. Um, I think the the fellow that directed this was pretty green. Like this was his first or second big bigger budget movie. And without somebody's hand more firmly on his shoulder. Um, it got away from him a little bit, I think. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. So uh, let's get into it. You, Troy, you brought up that yeah. first seven minutes. Yeah. Um, 
Timbo, what did you think of that kind of the Scorpion Sub-Zero origin and like the battle be- between Hiroshi Ryu and the Lin Kuei that's going to be the backbone, I think, for this franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, the numbers look like they're going to be justifying a franchise. So that's a positive. Uh, eked out that cheese win with the chip damage, I guess. And uh, <laughs> here we are. But um, yeah, that opening scene where they set up kind of the, the battle between the two and our two big mainstay characters of Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Yeah, they're the two characters that I'm the most familiar with, coming from probably the furthest on the periphery when it comes to video games and Mortal Kombat itself, and never really doing much with this universe, save the few times I played it with the, as a kid and all that. But those are the most familiar, most recognizable characters, and I think it's the right move to build the story around that lineage around both of them. You know, they have kind of that cool juxtaposition when you're looking at their colors and they look the same and they have this origin that is intertwined within itself. I I really like that aspect of it. The whole scorpion rope thing, that was really cool. I really enjoyed how they made that kind of, they they took it back to that era and said, this is what, you know, could look like. Fight choreography there is awesome. You know, the, the, the weird kind of stabbing through the, the door and all that, that seemed a bit excessive, but that was the only time I was like, yeah, that looks a little bit weird. But once he's out there and he's using that thing and all the ninjas and you've got the Sub-Zero effect, I think the effects are probably used almost the best there. The Sub-Zero saved the, the last fight because I find they don't fully leverage the whole Sub-Zero thing in a real superior way throughout the rest of the film. But here it works and so I really enjoy it. The first part is very engaging. You've got you arguably your best actors in there, the best acting, and the best fight choreography is what kicks off the film. And so that's what got me from, I'm going to put this on, maybe kind of mess around a little bit, to I'm firmly in my seat, eyes locked on the screen watching this. And so, yeah, that first part, like Troy said, like you guys said, is probably the best part of the film. And Rightfully so. It gets, I think you engage and it gives you the two familiar characters that I could think, I would say 90% of the people that have any sort of upbringing in that era could name you Sub-Zero and Scorpion from this franchise. Oh, definitely. Well, emphasis on the 90. Yeah. So so Chris, build on that a little bit. Uh, Take me through your thoughts on that first seven minutes and obviously being the guy that's the most versed in the lore, what do you think of how they handled this uh, foundational piece of your franchise. I would say this is actually a perfect opening for the film and something I wish they would have built on more, like keep this quality of everything we see and just mm-hmm. go forward. Even like Tim said, Sub-Zero, the, the effects of Sub-Zero's powers are even on display a little bit better here. I think because it's slowed down, you get a chance to look at it, you know? So going just as a fan of watching this immediately, it reminds me of a, uh, there was a recent animated film called Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge which is a really cool. I recommend watching that if you guys like this. And that also does the origin pretty well too. But where this stands out is of course it's live action. (laughs) And also the actors in this really do sell it in a way that you don't expect from a movie like this, you know, like you expect it just to be a popcorn flick, but these first seven minutes kind of elevate it over that to where you're thinking, Oh, this is something real. This is a big thing. And the choreography just kills it. And even just the way that the kid is handled, like he knows this is a bad dude. He might have magic ice powers. This is a bad dude. (laughs) 
I'm not in with this. You know, the hiding of the kid. And then <laughs> I have to say, though, my favorite moment is seeing Raiden stick his arm up and the electricity comes down. I kind of lost it at that part, to be honest. <laughs> I was like, this is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I was pretty excited. But it was yeah, this, pretty magic. Yeah. It was. It was it was magical. <laughs> so that I think sets the stage for the movie that you kind of wish you got in a way. But for what it is, it's still really good. You know, Tim is right. This and you guys, this is probably the best part of the movie. It's one of the best sequences, just because it, it feels like they got the budget, they got all the stuff done. They said, okay, we need to make sure this sticks. If nothing else in this movie sticks, this will. Mm-hmm. So it works like that. It's, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. it's the it smoothest part of the film too like mm-hmm. Trey you're talking editing yeah oh that it too. is yeah. the smoothest when it goes story because it, it brings in a lot of elements too right yeah and, and it, it transitions between many things introduces you a whole bunch of stuff but it's mm-hmm. all very organic and very smooth yeah so Troy my man yeah. you yeah. want to build on what you were saying off the hop there man with this first little bit and yeah. what it did for you well yeah I mean it just it basically set the bar so high for the film right so going forward nothing really matched it um the pacing of this moment is just it's it's really great i love like i mentioned before the set the choreography was was fantastic but i love the acting subtleties in this moment because there's not heavy dialogue that's forced on you but especially scorpion in the eyes you can tell scorpion's done some things he's been some places <laughs> a little, little bit on like the Kratos side right and it's kind of a similar origin right with the loss of his family and then he's he goes dark and I really like what they uh they were pulling here to the point where I was like this is cool it had a bit of that um kind of like crouching tiger kind of vibe look not so much of the choreography but just like the scope it was really cinematic I like this to me looked like something that would be you have to see on the big screen um yeah, you, you know, you mentioned uh, the child kind of stepping up there for a little bit, too. Like, he he knows Sub-Zero is bad, but I kind of like that he has a bit of scorpion in him, where he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll raise up here. I'll step up. And Sub-Zero kind of felt like T-1000, man. Like, this guy is bad. Mm-hmm. Just menacing. And I just, I just wanted more of it. I wanted more of, like, their rivalry. And we eventually kind of get there. But uh, I just think they did a great job. Almost felt like a second string director or somebody else, you know, <laughs> did this whole scene. It's it's it really was something special, I thought. So um, yeah, no, it is fantastic. It's great, and the ice effects too, especially like when he comes out and he sees his wife and his child. Mm. Like that just killed me. That was like, whoa, you know. And then he had to go out there just John Wick styles, and he gets that harpoon. And and I like too that um, at least at this point, actually, I guess throughout the whole film. But I'm so used to Scorpion having like that effect from the '90s where it comes out of his his, his palm. Mm-hmm. That's what and I thought. Really, too. Yeah, it was really neat to see that as more Batman like, you know, as more gadgety with technique behind it. So I thought that was really cool and well done. Attention to detail, it just it looked great. Everything was firing on all cylinders for me in this scene. Yeah. Yeah, and what else more is there to say? Like yeah. it, it was the perfect setup for these two and the rivalry, and they fill you in on them having a bunch of history without getting too in the weeds with it. And I loved even some of the subtle things like how, yeah, you have your total T-1000 Bihan version of uh, Sub-Zero coming after Scorpion and that he's Chinese and Scorpion's Mm -hmm. Japanese Mm -hmm. and they kind of play up on the language thing and that Sub-Zero intentionally speaks in Chinese when he wants to, but yet yeah. he can speak in Japanese and will use that to his advantage when he like 
when he's talking to Scorpion's wife and his daughter and and whatnot. So, yeah, those little moments and yeah, when that when that spade is whipping around on the end of that rope, mm-hmm. you've got to be pretty sheepish and hate blood or just in a different planet to not like this that portion of the movie it was so cool yeah yeah so i I imagine we could do a whole show on him but let's not uh let's move towards uh cole young and the setup with his family and into our defenders of earth realm shall we say so cole sonya Jax, Liu kang kang lao and raiden i guess um, sort of. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but like of all the characters, I think he was the one that kind of got under my skin or didn't uh, land with me the most. But uh, yeah, like why don't you uh, take us through your thoughts on the decision to go with Cole Young and introduce a completely new character in a franchise that you have arguably a hundred plus characters to choose from as your anchor for the franchise and. Um, then his journey through meeting the the defenders of Earthrealm. So, Chris, take us away, man. I actually applaud the idea of using a new character, which is not something I, I thought I was going to say. But I say that because, you know, we've played the games. We know there's new characters introduced every single game. This is how it works. And we also, and like I also know, Liu Kang has been the focus of the majority of these games. If it's not Liu Kang, it is Scorpion. Sometimes Kung Lao is in the background, like, oh, well, I saved Earthrealm once, but it always comes back to, okay, Liu Kang is the guy. Yeah. So having a new character who was actually a really interesting concept and also gives us as a viewer a way into this world, which I really appreciate because it, you know, you watch like the 95 one and Liu Kang is supposed to be that and it works for that film. So there was no reason why it couldn't work for this one. Like, okay, we're just going to give you a new guy. This is your Mortal Kombat, you know? If you're not familiar with the franchise, cool. It doesn't matter. You got your own guy now. The only thing is that I don't feel the writing was as strong with Cole Young at all. Lewis Tan does what he can, but it, there's just something missing from his character. And I also think, you know, there was a point later in the film where he kind of walks out on everybody. And that's where I checked out on him. Because I was like, okay, this guy, what is he here for then? This is not the new Liu Kang. This is the new... Mortaro or something who's going to get kicked out of the game after this installment. <laughs> Mortaro, <laughs> nice. Who knew this guy? You know, never oh. seen him since. Yeah, oh, he, he was in one game, one movie, I think, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Never talked about MK3. it again. Yeah, just <laughs> gone. So you know, we got Mortaro here taking over the reins. And I wish I knew why you guys were laughing. <laughs> he, it's amazing. A, Man, all our listeners that played those games, they are howling right now, saying, like, this guy is amazing. We need to kick Sanjay off the show and bring Chris Evans in full time. The Mortal Kombat guy. That's what I'm here for. Uh, Uh, Motaro was a character. He was, like, half man. I I guess they call him a senator. Is that what they are? Yeah, that's right. The horse legs. Yeah, yeah, the horse legs. remember that guy. Exactly. He was in one, and he was a horrible character. And then they stuck him in a movie where he's even more horrible. That's where I remember him from. And just never saw him again. And any form that I know of is Mortal Kombat media just disappeared. <laughs> so, you know, Louis Tan, I mean, like I said, he does what he can, but the story is not there to support it. And I wish we would have saw him because when we meet him, he's washed up already, essentially. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we see him at his high point to understand why he's the guy? We see him just getting 
you know, destroyed in an octagon <laughs> while his daughter's cheering him on. And just use your uppercut, which is funny because that's like a classic Mortal Kombat thing. A move. Yeah. Do the uppercut. It yeah. gets you out of any situation. But it didn't with him, clearly. And um, as far as the other characters go, I didn't mind most of them. I thought Kung Lao's probably the one I liked the absolute least, which is saying something because I also hated Raiden. I think Raiden, I don't know what they were doing with him. He he is worse than the than the Christopher Lambert version. <laughs> um, yeah. He's just kind of there, you know? Yeah. He doesn't bring anything to the table. He says a few words here and there. He's menacing for no reason. Like, this is what I have to work with? Like, you're Raiden. Come on now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you you help babies after Sub Zero destroys their home. Why are you doing this? Yeah, you're supposed to be the mentor, right? And you're not mentoring anything except whatever you're doing. Um, the rest of the characters are okay, though. But like I said, Kung Lao, that actor is in another film. Yeah, some, some other film in another <laughs> universe, maybe in the '70s. I don't know what that was. And then Liu Kang. I don't know if you guys noticed this. He's constantly moving his hands and doing these weird gestures. Like, he's never sitting still. Even when he addresses Raiden, he does, like, this weird punch-forward motion and then pulls it back and bows. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was weird. I forgot to put the CG in his hand when he was... I, I wish he was making flames. I would have understood it. He's just talking. He's, he's like one of those people that talks with his hands. I'm yeah, sorry, I'm rambling. Then. That, no, it was good, man. That was gold. You brought you brought Montaro into this. This yeah, that that's worth the price of admission right there. I do what I can. So Timbo, the defenders of Earth Realm. Uh, do you know what these guys? <laughs> so I spent the whole movie trying to figure out who Cole was. I'm thinking like, did I miss something? I he's clearly part of the lineage he's got yellow on him all the time like i know like it's, it's very visual what they're doing with him but i never bought into this character and i can understand the view into or for the audience if you're taking that route with the new character i'm fine with that but the character has to act like an audience member he just buys into everything a reptile shows up he's cool with it like he gets transported off he's cool with it like he's seen all this stuff is he, he never once questions anything. Like he fights freaking what's his name? Goro. And just is like, yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm gonna fight this thing with four arms that's twelve feet tall. Like there's never a moment where he steps back and it's like like he's talking about his family and all this. And that's a connect but he never steps back and questions what's going on. And that's the point of those characters for the audience to say the things that we're all thinking. Oh my god, there's a reptile in here. What is happening? You know, there's but when never you're those that handsome. You don't yeah. get shocked. <laughs> yeah, not once. Yeah. Not once was he like a prob. Like I don't know what's going on here. Jax and Sonya, is it? They were fine. Like Jax served a purpose. I found that he was a, a second tier rate character that I never really bought into his acting. Kung Lao, I think, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, with the hat. Kung, yeah. Kung I, I kind of liked him as a secondary, like, B-string character. He seemed to have a bit of the Captain America shield going on, which I kind of bought into. <laughs> okay. But for, for a character that I think is meant to be, at least in this universe, is meant to be second string, I think he performs well enough. He has, one, he has a big kill in the film. I find that he plays nicely in the background there. Who's the the kind of main guy from the first movies. What's his name? Johnny Cage. 
Liu Kang. Or, Liu Kang. Oh, Liu Kang. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you guys. To me, when I was waiting for Liu Kang to debut in this film, like to, to show up, and I was like, there's there's going to be a moment he's going to show up. He's going to be this kick ass fighter. Everyone's going to be afraid of him. And he shows he's like this little tiny kid that is just <laughs> off in space for half the time and never has a moment, at least that I can remember, where he stands tall. Like he's a focal point of so much of this, of the first movie. And that's what I go back to. And it's okay if you don't want to have that, but he doesn't have any presence anywhere in this movie that brings him to a level where he should be like the major mentor, the big mentor. And I, I never get that he is anything more. He gets his ass kicked for the whole movie. And he has got some cool moments with the dragon and the flying double kick thing and all that, that everyone's familiar with. But mm it's it's a movie of moments not a movie of any story or of any substance and radon like they he's just used as a plot device when we need to block everyone from coming into the thing yeah he shows up but he shows up at the most inopportune moments like everyone's dying getting their ass kicked then he shows up you know what i mean like it's 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 always only there to progress the plot not or to be a device of some sort not to do anything like he never has that that moment where he stands up and, and, and says, this is what we're doing it for. And this is why this is the history. This there's none of that. And I just feel that all these characters are off on their own little Island with very little substance or presence to any of them. And it just makes the whole thing fall flat for me. And so like, there's, like I said, it's a, it's a movie of moments. It's a movie of capturing things from Mortal Kombat one, two, three, that it sparks something in me because I recognize a lot of it. And I haven't touched this stuff for 15, 20 years. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Troy, let's build yeah. on that. You, you can. Yeah. You, let, I'm going to let you go buck wild on, on these <laughs> Earthrealm guys. But go button mash this one. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah th- this is like the test your might, man. Yeah. <laughs> but also on that, let's just build on something that Tim was saying there. So the plot for the movie. Yeah. So, and that ties into Raiden as well. And, um. Take us through what you thought the plot was and how how, how they use that mechanic as we uh, meet and compile all of the the heroes, I guess. Well, see, so for the plot for me, that's that, that's an easy like, okay, turn my brain off. I get it. We've seen it a million times, right? There's actually something kind of cool when like the world's imbalanced due to a tournament. We have to play, like, pick your best heroes to save Earthrealm. Like, I, I love that. Like, I'm coming off of reading... um. X of Swords, right? X-Men. Mm-hmm. Tournament base, Soul Calibur, Tekken, Dragon Ball Z. Like, I love when the world is in balance and it needs Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Well, you know, Avengers, right? So I love that kind of stuff. These heroes were not believable. There's no way. There was no way Earth was riding on these guys. These guys, all, what, five, six of them? Mm-hmm. Don't stand a chance. Um, the Cole character, I just, I just got to go to this Cole character because for me, he... Him and Raiden were probably the worst by far. Raiden was just a coach. I was on his free agent. He was done. He didn't want to sign the lease, and he's like, "I don't care. Earth is doomed. I really don't care." Because he's in the in the games, even Mortal Kombat 11. He's kind of a dick. So it's like okay, but in this movie particular, he was the worst, the worst coach you could possibly have. That is basically on Liu Kang to train these guys, which was kind of a weird idea or a weird angle to go. Liu Kang, you guys have nailed it. Like just just a missed opportunity with him because he was really just acting in a different movie his physicality worked for me i thought that was kind of cool and he was cut his, his, yeah and like and his fighting style was all right but it's just 
the direction they took him was was kind of bogus. I do like his relationship with Kung Lao though, because they're cousins. Mm-hmm. I really did like yeah. the fact that they were, yeah, they're they're boys. You know, they've been training about this life for quite some time. Kung Lao for me, um, visually really worked. But acting wise, not so much. And his I, the poor guy had to deliver some cheesy lines from the game, which is okay. But like the floss victory when he dropped that, I was like, ah. Oh, <laughs> but <laughs> movieth moments, man. Okay, what do we need to get into this film? Yeah. Flawless victory. We have to do it. We have Who's to do saying it, but... it? Who drew the short straw? <laughs> I didn't hate that though. <laughs> but it worked for you. But you know, it was cool because with that character, you can have a lot of fun. Like with that hat, it's it's such a signature thing, and it's they really did make some good use of like the techniques and what he did. So that worked for me. Jax and Sonia were were meh. Like the, the Jack Steve Harvey, you know, for a while I'm like, ah, but you know, he, he showed up a little bit, I guess. But, um, you know, the one that surprised me the most, I had, I had a lot of fun was with Kano. And oh, I've I never, loved him, man. I've He's never the best been part a of fan the movie. of him. He, he was by far him and Scorpion for me. Like yeah. he dropped so many F-bombs that just made me like, mm-hmm. I was dying. I'm like, this guy has dropped the best F-bombs ever because yeah. I was, I was dying every time with his lines and. He he was hilarious. He to me he was a standout by yeah, far. His banter between him and Sonya, and he's calling the pretty boy Cole. Like everything he said, everything that came out of his mouth, I was on the floor. I just I, I thought he was I thought he was great. Um, Cabal's look was also pretty cool too. I thought they did a really good job on his his look. But yeah, the characters I just never bought into the fact that these guys are Earth's mightiest heroes. They're, they're their last defenders. And the training sequences to build these guys up and they get their superpowers from Kano getting the laser eye and Sonya getting her, her 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 weird like hula hoop blast, which was always weird in the games in the first place. Um was just weird. But I I thought I thought Cole I think one, they didn't know what to do with him. And two, uh the actor, uh Tan, something Tan. Louis Tan. Louis Tan. Louis Tan, yeah. He um he just didn't do it for me. He, I felt like his acting was really, really weak. It would have been kind of a neat angle if he was the one that was like, he was either make or break Earth. Like he was either going to be its defender or he was going to be its betrayer. And there was like that, I guess this is the Anakin fanboy me, but he had that dark side <laughs> to kind of balance. Like, is he going to destroy Earth and he's going to join Shao Kahn or, or sorry, not Shao, Shao Kahn, but uh, Seng Shun, or is he going to be its defender? And he just walked this gray area the whole time wasn't very believable he he was like he's a bum from the minute we were introduced to him and in my opinion he was still a bum at the end of the movie the the whole cliche or or you know just the generic like he's wearing yellow he's wearing yellow so you know who he's tied to i'm like okay like we get it but yeah the writing the directing of him and his just his overall acting chops just weren't there for me i just don't think he's a leading man at all i think he's probably the worst actor in this film and maybe you see that more because he had the most screen time on him. Whereas if you probably put the screen on a couple other characters, they probably would have been the worst ones. I just feel like a lot of these actors just weren't ready to step up to the plate to lead a film. And he definitely was one of them. So, but Kano, man, Kano is my MVP of this film. Matt, right there with yeah. you on that. I love that guy. I was afraid to admit that out loud. He's <laughs> no, great. He was great. Yeah. I think part of the reason Kano resonated with people is because he was the, he became the avatar of the audience. hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. When you don't like Cole or Sonya or Jax, he, he's the one ripping into them and like making fun of them all the time, right? So you're on like yeah. Team Kano because <laughs> these guys are rubbing you the wrong way. 
I was kind of, yeah, like I'm definitely on the same page with you that the Defenders of Earth are the weakest link by far. Um, I actually agree with Chris, though, that Cole as the introduction to the world and having him as your quote-unquote new character for this version of Mortal Kombat was a good gateway in. But, like, to go back, I'm going to steal another one of your points. If you have all these guys kind of at the top of their game or closer to the top of their game, the whole two things would have happened. Number one, they would have been more believable, and you'd be able to kind of see, like, okay, well, we're just humans, so this is why these are the guys who are going to be our best chance at being able to beat these monsters and otherworldly beings. Um, And it would also give you massive shortcuts to your storytelling because you don't have to go through this whole down and out coal thing. And I think the only reason they did that was so that when he gets his arcana and his power is kind of the rage gauge type of thing where it's like you beat him up and he charges his his moves and then he can like unleash on the opponent it's like well you could have done that anyways if he is the champion kind of thing right and uh, you can still shortcut a bunch of that stuff or like Sonya being a special forces soldier but she's also some crazy conspiracy theorist living on this trailer in the bayou and that was kind of weird like Jax I quite like Jax the only thing I didn't like about him was his mustache to be oh. honest like oh. <laughs> it was offensive <laughs> yeah just yeah, shave that thing off and like there's so many warner brothers movies that get undone by a mustache but i digress <laughs> um, <laughs> mustache gate yeah but uh yeah and like Liu kang and kung lao honestly i think they would have played better if they knew what the heck they were doing with raiden like oh. if raiden was a guy elevating a group of already elite fighters to take that next step. And um, I really liked the whole Arcana concept because it never made sense to me that like some army guy could get into a fist fight with a flame breathing demon from (laughs) hell and win Mm. right in Mortal Kombat. So the fact that they, that there's guys that are specifically marked to be in the tournament Mm -hmm. and then you can unlock um, th- this arcana within them and each one is unique. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I even liked stuff like what they did with Jax's arms, that this was the best that the followers of Raiden could do, but then his arcana ended up being the enhancement of those arms that he ended up getting. So yeah. he had the extremist serum in them. Yeah. So <laughs> good thing. Like good that thing. Was that, was, cool. that was quite fortunate that that was they, his arcana. That. His arms. <laughs> yeah. Very convenient. <laughs> exactly exactly but uh there's there's certain things you knew you had to you had to get there right like you knew that sonia's was gonna be like the the bands that she had yeah. but by the same token the arcana being those bands makes more sense than her being uh, a military officer that is able to do it right, right. Yeah. W- yeah while jumping around in the sports bra and leggings so <laughs> You know, there's a certain amount of disbelief that you have to suspend for something like this. So, Chris, why don't you kick us off with the our baddies here, Shang Tsung and his minions, and what you thought of them and what you thought of their plan to undermine the tournament. The plan itself went over my head the first time I watched because I was looking for a tournament. I kept waiting for a tournament, so I didn't really it didn't hit me. 
I watched it the second time and I was like, oh, okay, they're trying to stop a prophecy that we barely hear anything about yep. before it happens. It's like, okay, fine. Um, the way it's executed is a little bit weird because like like you brought up, you can't meddle, but then you can, then there's no tournament anyway. What's the deal here? As far as the characters themselves, I like that they chose a mix. Like Natara is not a well-known character. She's really not. She's cool, but not well-known. And then you have fan favorites like Cabal, who is really cool. I yeah. loved his design. I loved the way he moved like the video game. Yeah. Awesome. Of course, Sub-Zero goes without saying. I mean, probably the best character. Well, one of the best characters in the movie. Uh, Melina didn't bother me, but I would have liked to see more of her. I'm kind of sad she died, to be honest. Um, Shang Tsung was a little weird for me. He's That, that actor is the actor from The Dark Knight who played yeah. the accountant. So anytime I'd see him on screen, I kept hearing the line, I'm good at calculation. <laughs> because like there was nothing nothing distinguishable about this version of Shang Tsung. He's just, is, it, it, this wig bothered me too. I was like, I know that's yeah. a wig. <laughs> He's just got like a Gene Simmons wig going on yeah. there and watches everything. And it's like, he didn't serve any purpose other than to chew the, the scenery, which is fine, but he didn't feel like Shang Tsung, you know? Oh. And his motivation was like, okay, the prophecy is happening, the prophecy, but then he even sees the fighters and he sees like, these guys are, you know, what am I worried about? And he still goes out of his way to try to kill them. And it backfires, of course. It, the Most of the villain stuff, though, is kind of nonsensical to me. And even like you had the thing with Cabal and Kano, is that the way Kano knows? Like, Kano knows Cabal looks like he's some kind of cyborg creature? Or did they know each other before the cyborg creature thing happened? And there's no indication of that. He's just, oh, okay, I know you. You're probably from hell now, but we're cool. Let's make a plan together. Well, did they say, I can't remember if they said Kano's responsible for putting him in that. Yeah. Uh, Cabal has a, he has a line that yeah. says, I'm, I'm, yeah. he's the reason I, have, I live in an iron lung now. Something, yeah, yeah. So it shouldn't have been a little bit more shocking to Kano, like, hey, I know you, but, I, well, I know your voice. I don't know who what this is that you're wearing, but I know your voice. And then they make a plan like Spider-Man, like in Spider-Man 3 when Venom and Sandman come together. Hey, you want to kill the spider? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. <laughs> um, so I wasn't really a fan of that pairing. i tell you what I did like, though. This really stood out to me. The way they use Reptile. The, the CGI model might have not looked the best, but the fact that they called him by his name, which is a new thing in Mortal Kombat lore, instead of just Reptile, that was really cool to me. I love that. Which one was reptile? Like the actual reptile? Yeah. yeah. Like the giant alligator creature. Yeah. That they, yeah, okay. They've got the heart ripped out. Kano yeah. wins. Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in Sonya's yeah. trailer house. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't figure out if that was supposed to be reptile or if that was supposed mm -hmm. to be like just a, a thing that was like, oh, hey, this might be reptile. Because I was looking for like him looking like Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Right, right. The green and black. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his appearance has changed over the years in games, and they, they just recently gave him a name. And they, they say it in the movie, I think it's a Sizoth, I, I can't pronounce yeah. it, or something like that. So that that was really cool that they, they're in the lore so much, they know that. You know, that's mm -hmm. a new thing, and they use it, so I, I thought that was cool. But as far as, like, as a whole, oh, and Goro was cool, too. I really liked Goro. Shame he died so fast. and <laughs> Horribly misused. <laughs> yeah, he was killed by, like, Cole's, I want, it's like a Black Panther suit. The way it takes in the, the damage, then he could redistribute it. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. So it's the rage gauge, man. Troy. Yeah. <laughs> Outworld. Yeah. What did you think of these dudes? What did you think of their plan? Question mark. 
the budget the budget stood out quite a bit when we finally saw um saw the world i was like uh okay i can i can see past this um sang shun though or shang sun oh man like (laughs) This guy was just not very imposing. Like, you remember, like, the original actor? Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. he's like, you were sold as mine. Like, when he commanded that, you're like, oh, he was so good. He was so good in the fact that they brought his skin in Mortal Kombat 11. Like, you could be that version of him, right? Because he was that good. And when I saw this guy, because I never really thought he was that great, even in Dark Knight. I was kind of like, oh, he's kind of cowardly. So that's partially on my fault because that kind of transitioned into this film, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just never felt like that 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 right emperor that could just really mess up stuff. He did have his cool moment when he did his fatality to um Kung Lao. I thought that was great. Uh Cabal, I mentioned already though, by far was like the best looking villain, even better than Sub Zero, because to be honest, they kind of toned down Sub Zero's costume. Like it's kind of weird. Like if you were to look at him, you would like at first glance, you wouldn't know if that was even smoke because like the blues was really to- like toned down. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't care for the because uh, Chris, you mentioned she's an unknown. Nataro was it or Natara? Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really care for her and uh, Melina. Melina was all right. Melina was okay, but um, the bad guys right off the bat though, I was like, these guys have it on lock. Like if you if you were to put these guys in a tournament <laughs> right now, it's it, Earth's over. Like it's done. There's no way these guys are gonna be able to stop them. And sure enough, somehow they do. But um, yeah, that was. It, 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 it was okay. I mean, again, Mortal Kombat, I mean, we're on Mortal Kombat 11. We have such a vast group of different characters we can have, and this is this is all we got. Gorov, to me, too, didn't look that great. Uh, and, I, and, and to get Goro in there, I really want to see him take on, like, like an ensemble of heroes as opposed to just one, and one being, like, the weakest in the bunch I thought was really weird because Cold, there's, there's no way he should have came out on top in that fight we just saw this guy get killed in the UFC match not, not too long ago. And here he is with the, with, like you mentioned, the black Panther suit um, doing his thing, but I get why they kind of chose to go that direction for his moment uh, is, and it, you know, it was cool to kind of at least see him in the film, but um, the overall look, yeah, it's just, it just didn't do anything for me, but I still feel like the villains were the better part of this film than the heroes themselves. At the same time, seeing these guys though, I'm getting really hyped for the tournament. Because that's the big thing. Like it's it's Mortal Kombat. I want to see this go down. The rules were really sketchy too, of like how they're like interfering with things, like we mentioned, and then Raiden just putting up his wall, and they still somehow bypass that wall with Kano now becoming the traitor, which we could all see because this movie is like extremely predictable, <laughs> extremely yeah. predictable. Uh so yeah, that that's really my take on the villains and the overall look. And I think when we get to this part in the film, once we um join up with Liu Kang. The film really has like two different locations. Everything kind of looks the same after a while. Very so, small feeling too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's yeah, it's hmm. Yeah, man, it's it, it is what it is. It's 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 Mortal Kombat if you want to say that. If you want to You know what one thing I will say though is I really like the cool um Easter egg that we got for um for Khan, Katal, Katal Khan. Mm-hmm. You know there's like that one little thing. That I think they're cool. showing a bunch of different heroes or or villains from the past and you see like his kind of like like that lion mane kind of thing that he has and i was like oh shoot that's con that's him so i thought that was pretty cool and it's those kinds of things i was like okay we're building the world we're building the lore maybe he'll pop up again he doesn't but i thought that was a really cool nod because again it shows that the creators of this movie are paying attention to all sorts of different lore in the game that's come before it so i thought that was kind of nice 
Yeah, there's a few little things like uh, Katana's fans were in there. And, and oh, really? Like yeah. And... Cool. Nightwolf. Yeah, yeah, Nightwolf. Yeah, yeah. Saw that. Yeah, so there, there was some cool stuff. And yeah, you guys covered the villains pretty well. Like there was definitely like um, the, the pair of them that you knew were going to be the cannon fodder, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, oh. I know who two of these fatality guys are, and uh, which actually made Kung Lao going down a bit of a surprise. I was to be surprised honest with that you. he went down. Yeah, yeah. I didn't expect I was, that. Yeah, I, I didn't think that he'd uh, he'd get taken out, and and I kind of liked that they played up Liu Kang feeling the loss with him, but at the same time the setup was so bad because it's you have Liu Kang getting his butt kicked and he can't go save his buddy, and you have your your great savior there and. Neither one of them thinks to like blast Shang Tsung as he's sucking out this guy's soul forever and a day. <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, the non-interference. But w- what I will give them credit for is those fights were cool, man. Like when Kung Lao takes her out and when Cabal is fighting Liu Kang both times. Um, and Liu Kang's, uh, the, when he pulls off the dragon fatality on him. Mm. And, um Melina was cool, and, and even Sonya having to do like the kind of hide and seek. I'm not special thing with Kano. I thought was all right. Um, it, it was kind of interesting, but this all leads us to our big finale there. And um, Timbo, we, we're finally at the position where Cole embraces his destiny, and uh, you know he he quartered back this big assault and took out all of the Denzins of Outworld. And uh, Sub-Zero has to play Dirty Pool and go attack his family and uh, pulls him in to where it all began, in the octagon. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's, it's funny because I was thinking to myself, is this a throwback? Is there an octagon ring inside of a Mortal Kombat? Or is this just a throwback to Cole? Cole. Oh, it's just a throwback to him. Just to Cole, okay. So the, the one thing I will say before I touch on this final battle, because it, it's pretty cool, is I think this movie, when I just hear you guys talking about some of the issues that you had with it i think it is really missing a five to seven minute history lesson where they walk you through a couple of the tournaments so we get to see the tournaments but maybe not them be the focal point of the active characters we're seeing in front of us we understand a bit about where outworld is at and how that they've won all these tournaments how they've won them and then why they're trying to cheat at the end here why they're trying to basically go in the back door kill these guys so there is no tournament and they have to forfeit like there's something missing there you go back to zack Snyder's justice League, you go back to wonder woman you go back to any of these sort of period pieces and they give you a bit of time to understand the lore understand what this whole thing is about because we never get there like yeah a lot of people myself included have a basis and understanding but we're all looking for this tournament a way to slide it in is to do it in a history lesson. You can That's a great point. amp up Goro. Like I think Goro is, is is sadly misused because he's supposed to be like the reveal. Like, oh, we've defeated everyone. Oh no, here comes Goro. Like, yeah. you don't Team get in that. The back of the shed. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. And like his big reveal moment is looking through a window in in a shed. Like, <laughs> it's it's you can explore even Raiden like the way he is through that. Like he's watched yeah. so many of his fighting force die in these tournaments and this is why he doesn't want to train anyone because he's tired of losing he's tired of everyone he trains dying like there's something there missing and i think that's where 
the middle of the movie doesn't work where the start and the end here i think do because that's where the most work is and you have an actual history of baseline to these characters where you've gone back to whatever it was 1400 you understand that there's bad blood here and then when scorpion shows up you're like holy there's scorpion holy shit there's scorpion which surprised me because i was waiting for cold to be scorpion like I thought that at least become the new scorpion or yeah, something. Yeah, I thought, I thought I was too. like, how are they gonna like? I was like, okay, so he's gonna put on like the black robe over this gold chest thing, mm-hmm. and how is he gonna know to put on the face mask and where like he he's got the dagger? So it that that was confusing all of that. But then when old scorpion shows back up and says, "I've returned from hell," I kind of start to remember. Okay, I think that's roughly the origin of scorpion in the game that he's a demon from hell. And cool, I can buy into that. And then when we get to the fight. Yeah, it's it's a great fight. You get to see the get over here. Like mm. everyone's waiting for that, right? It's a it's a moment in the film that we get to see. And the I don't have the same appreciation for the generations of moves that they do. I'm seeing this unfold as someone just watching two guys go to town on each other. And it's more believable because there's history here, right? There's there's legacy, there's bad blood. And so I find myself more emotionally connected to this fight. Not only because it's the characters I'm most familiar with, but I, I think they've done the most work with them. And at times, that that's a subplot, right? This whole thing. And maybe it should have been more of the focal. Because when you get to this big crescendo, this big battle at the end, it feels like it's picking up from the first seven minutes, not that it's picking up from the rest of the movie. It's like the rest of the movie was the sidebar, and then you've got this these two pieces that are bookending it in a, in a, in a pretty good way. So... Overall, like I thought, it started strong. It finished relatively strong. We never got Mortal Kombat. I guess you could maybe count this as it, but the the middle didn't work. But if you're going to end this way, I'm happy that they're ending with the story that kind of engaged me at the start. I felt like I got a more holistic story around them and a continuation of what I thought was the strongest part of the film and a great way to end it. Cool. Troy. Yeah. Did did it help at all, man? Like... (laughs) Uh, Arcanas are leashed, unleashed. Did, did Scorpion coming back from the grave resurrect your interest in the film at all at this point in time? No, because I saw this coming a mile away. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. But and I saw the trailer, so I already checked out. But um, no, like honestly, that the whole fight was cool. Like it was the second best mm-hmm. moment in the film by far. Um, if I could rewind for two seconds too, I mentioned Garo. I gotta, I gotta mention. I really did. I kind of liked, but I didn't like the fact that they did throw in the 90s score. Whenever they threw yes, in a it's, quick it's bit right of the, in there, yeah, yeah. Right for two seconds, and I was like, that's cool. It'd be better if this movie was good, because this song's like too good to be in this movie. <laughs> but So I just had to give a quick nod to that, but I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, moving forward here, um, this was this, this was a good fight. Like We, we knew he was going to come back. Cole still didn't do much for me, but for me, the substance was between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Just really cool stuff. It's again, it felt like somebody else because I know you guys appreciated the fights probably a lot more than I have, but I felt like the fighting in this one definitely outshined the middle fighting, oh, yeah, <laughs> big time. Um, it would have been cool if they still kept that theme throughout this film is of giving us the Easter egg levels because I think in the middle of the film you do see some kind of like the like the the acid pit and the bridge I think you saw that and right? like the racks yeah. and the bridge like I thought that was really cool and and it kind of does a cool thing from what Mortal Kombat 9 
10 and 11 and then justice kind of started where it's like you're watching a cinematic and you could tell somebody's going to fight and then they kind of pan out and it gets into like that 2d you know fighting kind of model and then they go at it and this movie kind of did emulate some of that and i thought that was kind of cool i don't know if that was intentional or not but but it, it looked it looked really cool it was a nice way to pay homage to the video games the recent ones but the overall fighting was was really neat and just the look of uh scorpion was awesome it was really really cool but for some reason i don't know if i'm just being like that old man right now there's something in the 90s film when seeing johnny cage and scorpion fight that really like just felt like very video game accurate same when you saw i think Liu kang and sub-zero fight you probably look back at it right now you're like Troy what are you talking about that looks horrible but there was something at the time that just looked really cool and this was like almost too easy but it was good it was really really good so I I, I give this this moment a win 100% yeah I, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if Chris can talk with that analogy to the scorpion versus Johnny Cage fight of 95 because bro when we're done you got to go jump on YouTube and yeah and, and watch that man that, yeah. that might be some nostalgia glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, I definitely glasses nostalgia glasses but you know what there was a cool thing with that movie what it did is they balanced a funny line of like the cheesiness not taking itself too seriously but at the same time trying to do it whereas this film it's like okay we're just going to throw you the cheesy lines and there's no there's no real thought to it. It's just like, this is cheesy and accept it. Whereas the other movie, I felt like there was just a little bit more something else to it. You can, you can be creative with box ticking exercise. Like, let's get in these words. Let's get in these phrases. <laughs> Some of them are yeah. cheesy. It just felt like on the nose. Hey, yeah, here it is. It's yeah. You you gotta be more, <laughs> and you can save some of it. You can save some. You don't have to say every single word and do every single thing in this one movie. Yes, I understand if as a filmmaker, if you're trying to jam everything, it's like I'm gonna get one movie. I want to say everything, and but this is a world of franchises, mm-hmm. and yeah. save save a little bit of that. You don't have to say <laughs> just every, a little bit. Like yeah. it, the short of the guy coming on the screen and going toasty, like that was the only thing that was missing. Yeah, <laughs> and I missed that. Yeah, and I kind of I was like, okay, if you're gonna like, some dude could have popped a piece of toast and been like, oh, that's toasty. Like somewhere, yeah, yeah, like someone could have, someone could have yeah, said, Kano, else. Kano was primed Kano, to say yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that would for him. <laughs> do, do you guys think they're probably gonna bring back um Sub Zero, like give him like the Nape Subot kind of oh yeah. uh, mantle? Well, I, I'd imagine maybe reintroduce his brother in the that's second. What I'm thinking. I, think I hope so. I think that'd be cool. The actor said he signed on, I think, for four films, if I'm not mistaken. So he's wow. ready to go. <laughs> wow. You know, and I think he'd be even more imposing as as Nave Subot. Because he too. did a wicked job as Sub-Zero, but going that level with, like, the dark doubt costume and, whew. He looked creepy. He, yeah, he looked creepy throughout. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he could play New Ben. He could play um, Sub-Zero as well, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the newer versions of Nave Subot. Like, he's got... Like his face is almost blacked out completely. So. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Chris, what did you think, man? When uh, Scorpion or Sub Zero lures our, our intrepid hero Cole Young in through the portal? You know, I'm kind of mixed on it because I love the fight itself. The fight itself is cool. I love seeing all the the different things from the game. The fight itself, like when Sub Zero did the Ice Clone. I thought that was oh. the coolest thing in the world the other night. Yeah. Both times I watched that was just awesome. But I got to be honest, I didn't like the idea of, okay, my blood is on the spear now or the yeah. the gardening tool. 
now we are one come back from hell grandpa yeah i wasn't really into the come back from hell grandpa kind of thing i would have preferred if he just became scorpion like yeah like maybe scorpion possesses him or something weird i mean it's mortal combat who's who's really looking at this for logic you know so i would have preferred that i also i didn't like when he screams get over here i know this is petty and stupid (laughs) but scorpion doesn't speak a lick of english at all Mm. but then suddenly in hell he learned this one phrase get over here (laughs) it makes no sense to me i understand though again i'm looking for logic it's not shawshank redemption but um (laughs) i I like the fight itself the fight is really cool i think what does like what troy was saying how the the 95 fights have a certain hit to them for me it's kind of the the staging because you know you play these games the fighting stages are always really unique there's something cool in every one of them that's been true in every game even going back to the original when you're like in that um it looks like a dungeon you know that's kind of a cool scene for that that time in this one they're fighting in a frozen octagon mm-hmm. of all things a frozen octagon and you just showed me the pit the classic pit mm-hmm. and now i'm in an octagon what is this it takes away some of the scope of the movie and i think that i understand you they wanted to make it so that cole is at home like oh this is my turf Sub-Zero screwing with it. I get that. But I think that they could have went bigger. And that's kind of my opinion on the movie as a whole. Why didn't we go bigger with certain things? Mm. Especially the Scorpion Sub-Zero stuff. Why didn't we see more of it somehow? Or like Tim said, give us that history lesson. Give us a Mortal Kombat tournament. Just something to see. So in, in the end of it, it kind of doesn't feel like the payoff is worth it. And especially, like you know, Sub-Zero's not dead. It, it's you know that's the thing and then shang sung shows up again for no reason and raiden now says oh i'm gonna interfere at this time now i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna blow you back to outworld where were you in, in movie time an hour ago <laughs> yeah yeah no definitely like this one was just pure eye candy for me like i i loved seeing essentially a, a match that i've had in the video game in live action like mm. th- that's all it was kind of thing like Cole, like you have to ignore the stuff like the weird banging on the ice that's around his <laughs> wife and his daughter, and he doesn't know if they're alive or dead. <laughs> what do but we do with some... him right now? Yeah, Punch the some... ice. <laughs> well, yeah, his, his gauntlet things. Yeah, but Sub Zero's there actively trying to kill him, and he's just like, "No, I got to keep breaking the ice." Like it did feel kind of like video game tacticy to me. Like the Avengers game, like I'll always just try and like push the button or achieve the objective because I can't be bothered to fight aim robots anymore. So it was like, it's just like me, like just taking the hit so I can hit this button kind of thing. But it <laughs> was dumb. In li- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was dumb in live action. But uh, as far as just the visuals of Scorpion and Sub Zero going at it, and, and I like the dialogue that they gave Scorpion about you know, him mastering the the hellfire and, you know, I told you you needed to remember this face, but uh, I got to agree with Tim that the whole thing could have been punched up a lot more with a history lesson. And really like you don't have to make the movie any longer to have it. You just cut out some of the, we don't know what's going on. Rambly fumbly bits with Sonya and, and the rest of that crew. But, uh, 
yeah, it it, it kind of got there. And to be honest, like my biggest disappointment was that they gave away so many of the amazing moments in that trailer. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everything from Luke Kang's dragon to, you know, you get to a certain point in the movie and you haven't seen Scorpion. You're like, oh, well, I know exactly when he's coming into this thing and yeah. what's going to happen there. So um, uh, that took away from it a little bit, but then... You know, you have an ice clone and everything is all good in the world. <laughs> it makes everything better. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, why don't we throw out some closing thoughts there? And um, on our show, we do a letter grade there, Chris. So um, I know you guys use your rating scale, but uh, we kick it old school here. We're like <laughs> more, we're like the OG Mortal Kombat. So Timbo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so I find that you know, as, as we've talked this through and I've had time to reflect back on my viewing experience, I could say it was, it was fine. I, I'm going to throw this thing a, a C minus because it, it's watchable, right? It's something that I find would have been more appropriate as a Netflix original that pops up. You watch it. You're like, yeah, this is badass. And I kind of regret paying the 25 bucks for it. If I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. At the end of it all, when I look at this more objectively from just like, what are they trying to do in this film? Like, are they trying to create a franchise or what are they trying to do? I see pieces of it, but like I've said numerous times, it's a mo- it's a movie of moments. They wanted to do certain things and tick those boxes as it went. There's a ton of potential in this universe. And budget or not, you go John Wick style, you go hard-hitting, you go high degree of choreography, this can be special. Yes, you have to layer in a lot of the legacy when it comes to these characters and kind of the extreme versions of things when you've got Goro and all these power sets and all that, but it can be done in a meaningful way and give you a a story that feels a bit more cohesive. This just felt like it meandered its way through the history of Mortal Kombat, touching on certain elements while never giving you Mortal Kombat. And I think that's one of the biggest flaws of this film. Build what you want to build, but you got to show something that resembles that. And I don't know why there's this trope of video game movies are never really that great. Like this has so much potential to it. It just needed a little bit more attention to the details and a little bit less attention on let's make sure we say all of these words and have the dragon and this and that and the other thing. And it was just... They didn't focus on the right things. The Sub-Zero Scorpion thing was the thing to focus on. It got there at the start. It got there at the end. Arguably, and I think we probably all agree, those are the best parts of the movie. And it's the last first seven minutes and last seven minutes of, of an hour and a half movie or whatever it was. So C- minus because, yeah, if it's on Netflix, HBO Max, wherever, for free, watch it. <laughs> cool. All right. Chris, I'll throw it to you. And don't be intimidated by Tim's grade. We had a commentary recently where... One of us gave a movie a C minus, and the other one gave it an A plus 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 plus. Yeah. So, that's go with your heart, strong, man. That's a pretty strong rating. <laughs> you know, for me, I, I think I want to give it a B or maybe a B plus. I'm not really sure. I'm somewhere in the middle between B and B plus. I really did enjoy it as a Mortal Kombat fan. I'm happy with it. You know, it did not do things I wanted. Like, like I said, I wanted a tournament. I wanted Mortal Kombat. But what I did get was a pretty solid look at most of these characters, even if I didn't love everything about them. You know, Liu Kang couldn't sit still. Kano is like a rated R movie by himself. 
<laughs> but the action was cool, which is that's the bread and butter of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you know, when you think about Mortal Kombat, you don't think about the story because there isn't one really. Every game is a tournament. It is what it is. Outworld is coming to kill us. Earthrealm's got to step it up. So, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it for what it is. I enjoyed the different layers behind it. I appreciate what they were trying to do. And, you know, I just hope they get to capitalize on that. And we get a sequel where we can see a tournament, where we can see the payoff for what was set up here. Because to me, that's the problem with some of these films. They make them in a certain way to where they leave you wanting the payoff that you may never get. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, a good example is that Power Rangers movie that came out a few years ago. They were expecting a big sequel. We didn't get it, and all we're, we're stuck with that origin movie. I don't want this to be another case like that. Hopefully we get another one because I like what they established. Well, and we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, that Power Rangers movie is a great example where it was it was a strong movie, but mm-hmm. the stuff that people paid money for, you got in the last 10 minutes of the film. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Troy, my man. Yeah. Yes, player sir. one, man. Take yeah. it away. Give me give me a rating and uh, your final thoughts on MK. Yeah, man. Uh, my final thoughts. I probably I give this an F, man. I'm not messing Whoa. around with this movie. <laughs> I never will. I never will. I paid $25. I wouldn't even put it in 25 cents like I would at the arcade. I'm so over this movie. I'm so done with it. It was, um, I had a lot of high hopes, man. I'm telling you, like, I think if you go back to our arcade episode, I put it up there like, this is going to change the game. No pun intended. This is going to be the best game movie of all time. And it's one of the worst. Um, I mentioned the score is not good. The acting is just not there. The vision is shaky. The actors are all in different films. Action is is, is good. It, it's not even amazing, but it's good. And it's it's really cool and creative in ways that I've never even seen done in the video game before. So I do give them props for that. Scorpion's awesome. Sub-Zero was good. Kano I, I had a blast with. Um, the scope of the film wasn't there. The stakes wasn't there. You know, they had everything going for them. And I really feel like they missed the mark. Like, you have the fan base... You're coming off of the 90s movies. Like, how hard was it to outdo the 90s film? And in my opinion, they didn't. They didn't even outdo that 90s film. They tried a certain angle with having the Avatar um, uh, Cole, which I do like that approach, but it wasn't executed well. You might as well just gone back to Liu Kang at this point, or you might as well just focused on Sub-Zero or, or Scorpion. Anybody. You have a roster of how many characters in 11 games. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it just it just wasn't cracking for me on any level. And, you know, we got that stinger and it should get me excited, but it doesn't because I'm just I'm already checked out of this this movie. You know, I've seen I've, that there was, a, there was a little animated movie, I think, back in the day, back in the day that came out during the original 90s movie. I had more fun with that. There was the uh, the web series, I believe, at one point. I think Legacy. Michael Jai White was in it. Yeah, like that. That was cool. Um I, I got to check out the one that you mentioned, Chris, too. I got to check that out. I'm, I'm it's sure it's better cool. than this. Yeah. it's it's. <laughs> but this to me, like, I think the last time the last time I left a video game movie this disappointed was probably the Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter. And I like and that movie to me was a bombshell. Is this movie as bad as that movie? No, no, it's not. I'll pump the brakes. But it's <laughs> but it's close, man. I mean, if you have to compare <laughs> compare the times. Yeah, it's close, and that's not a good look for me. So, and like I said, I'm coming off of Mortal Kombat um 11. Like I just rebought the game again. I really do like this franchise. It blows my mind that going from Mortal Kombat 9, 10, 11, 
the story has actually gotten really, really good. Before, like, the Street Fighter had the better story, Mortal Kombat now in the video game world has really taken the storytelling to another place. And obviously the combat follows. Whereas here, when you're doing a movie, it should be the other way around. I know this is, like, a video game property and it's action-based, but when you look at something like um, The Last of Us, it's very story-based and it's going to transition well into a movie. And it's, it's probably going to be pretty cool. It probably will be the best video game movie of all time. I don't see why they couldn't have just given us a little bit more light on that. Because we would have been satisfied with pretty much any kind of action. There's so many different action uh, genres that you can grab from that that should have been like a walk in the park for them. All they had to do was just deliver us on some sort of story. When we live in a world of the MCU, of, um, you know, for me, I love the Snyder Cut. All these kinds of different storytellings, I don't know how you could do this. You have Suicide Squad over here. You have Guardians of the Galaxy over there. Like, how did you not pull any of these ensemble pieces and make something better than this? Like, it's it blows my mind. It just, it really blows my mind. You can see the budget was pretty low on this film. There's just, for me, man, there's just, there's just not much working in this one for me. So, F. F all day. F oh. this movie. Fatality. Fatality. Yeah. I think that might have been a brutality, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, where to go from there? Like, I, I feel, uh, yeah. That, that was just a shell shocker. Tim just stopped the record. But, uh, no, uh, you know what? I, I kind of sit a little closer to Chris on this one. Like, I, I watched it twice and i watched it with my daughter and like this movie was on in my house in some way shape or form for a lot of the 48 hours that the 25 dollar rental paid for like um like i said i watched it twice she watched it piecemeal here and there a couple times but like that scorpion sub-zero fight it probably got played if i paid a dollar per time I got my $25 worth kind of thing. So, um, yeah, like I, I got to echo some of Troy's sentiments. Like they, they needed to focus a little bit more on the fact that they were making a movie first and a Mortal Kombat video game adaptation second. But I have to balance that with what Chris said, where you got all this really cool Mortal Kombat imagery and all these cool moments and you just needed to bridge that a little bit better. You needed a more competent storyteller. Uh, you needed to take advantage of things like history lessons. And I'd probably say like, if you, if you want to go with a Lewis tan, like let's face it, like they cast this movie with guys who had a certain look and who were competent in martial arts, which is an approach. But if you're going to do that, like maybe you pick half those people and you bring in some really, really strong actors to kind of prop them up, kind of Richard Donner style, where it's mm -hmm. like, well, I'm going to have these unknowns, but I'm going to have these tried and tested actors to elevate them, right? And you did have fantastic actors with the gentleman that played Sub-Zero and Scorpion, the problem is, is that they weren't playing off of those other characters. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a Chris Pine and Gal Gadot situation where he's bringing her A game up and putting on a really good performance so that you don't see the uh, the cracks in hers kind of thing. Or uh, Gene Hackman with a fresh Christopher Reeve type of deal. You don't have that. You have these guys with each other in really cool scenes playing off of one another in Japanese and Chinese, but you never have those guys sharing scenes with Louis Tan 
aside from kicking the crap out of him. So um, a more competent filmmaker, I think, could elevate that. Uh, maybe if you want to just lean into the action and visuals, turn your brain off side of things, maybe you go with your directors for John Wick or go to the Hong Kong Kung Fu directors and have them come in and do stuff. Or like James Wan was a producer on this mm-hmm. thing. Like maybe have him be a little more hands-on with the next out, but with the next out, I think we are going to get there because this thing blew away all its competitors in the streaming space. Um, I guess over one day it did the same numbers that Falcon, the winter soldier, Hamilton and something else did over three and Godzilla versus Kong did over three days and it's HBO max's highest streaming property. Wow. And that's impressive. Yeah. And it did 51 million in its opening weekend. So on a $55 million budget, um, couple that with the reviews you you have like that perfect storm for a sequel mm-hmm. where the response or the success of the film you got that sequel greenlit i'm sure already on paper somewhere however the reception has been kind of middling so that should be sending a pretty clear message as to where they need to go with this thing with the subsequent movies and I, I think we'll be better for it. Yeah. A, a little bit more money, a little bit better talent, and we should have a killer franchise on our hands. But, uh, Timbo, really quick, what do you want to see out of a sequel? Well, we're going to get Johnny Cage, though, right? Yes. 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 I To be honest with you, just, just to, to build off your point, I want a a bit more story driven with the tournament is what i want out of this next mm-hmm. piece and and i think <clears throat> given the reviews like you said given this discussion that we've just had and given the money they may your second outing may feel like a completely different movie with similar characters they may go in and fix the issues that we had because yes we now have a franchise on our hands here it it felt like they wanted a franchise but weren't willing to put the effort into it and i think yep. this second movie is going to get you a better story it's going to get you a tournament and i think those are the two things that will elevate this because the characters the lore all that takes care of itself if you can put it into a competent filmmaker's hands and i'm not saying this guy isn't competent but just what i saw on screen wasn't doing it for me so that's what i'm looking for the second movie is is like you said bring in some competent actors some storytellers give us a freaking tournament (laughs) yeah i gotta give them credit like they stretched a dollar pretty good but Mm -hmm. at the same time you look at who they hired to helmet and the money that they gave them and you could tell that warner brothers was like ah maybe we can sell this thing based on the name alone um but i think they underestimated what the appeal of mortal Kombat is so troy my man yes sir what do they need to do to get off the mat for you man oh that's a lot of work they gotta Fire everyone. No, <laughs> they got to um, definitely bring in new writers. They, Johnny Cage is there, so that's cool. Um, I would like to see Cyrax. I would like to see tournaments, like an actual tournament. Um, I want Tim's history lesson. Like, give us that history lesson. I think that is completely key. Um, Sub-Zero's brother. I think that'd be really cool. Because I, I, there's a lot you can do having Sub-Zero and Scorpion having to work together to settle those differences. Now working with his brother, which they kind of touched in, I think, in one of the games recently. Well, but eleven. That's I, like I think the eleven they do, things, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that'd be awesome to see those guys team up 
and go through it. Um, but really just build up that tournament. Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn has to come in there and kill Shang Sun, get rid of that guy, and really make this presence set like because he kind of did do that, right? In like in, in the movies and in the games. Like I remember that going from part one to two. I was like, whoa, Shao Kahn. Remember Shao Kahn opened up the game? Like when he mm-hmm. used like a claim, Shao Kahn comes in. If you do the secret kind of code, you hold down L R L and R and you could do a secret thing and Shao Kahn would come in there and I was like, whoa, this is the bad guy opening up the game like that? So he's a bad, bad man. I'd love to see that guy, uh, you know, uh, just kind of shine a light on this film and really just, just, just step up that story because I know the action's there. I know they can deliver on all that kind of stuff, but just give us a little bit more substance, um, change up the roster, kind of James Gunn it with the Suicide Squad. I know the movie's not out yet, but I have a pretty good feeling that movie's going to be a lot better than uh, the David Ayer version, <laughs> so... I love to see some new DNA going forward, and and really, I think you got to cast big with Johnny Cage because one, he plays a superstar. You got to play, you got to cast him as a superstar. You can't get some no name for that guy. Like if it's Zac Efron, I don't care, but give me somebody. Oh, big. that's actually a great. I pick. like that idea. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I think I think it'd be pretty cool, but make him make him big, larger than life. I think that'd just be be awesome. It'd be awesome, and give yeah. us a poster outside of the game because that poster we saw, I swear, was like the character select screenshotted from the game like i think it was like, really times for that hard yeah i think it, it had the it was same weird. johnny cage belt mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah i think the miz was like campaigning for that yeah. job he was. yeah and uh one of the more comic creators retweeted him too he likes the idea okay yeah. he'd okay. actually be fun though he may not be able to have the acting chops but he's entertaining yeah. oh yeah yeah well you know what though the bar's pretty low as far as acting <laughs> chops go so the, the first johnny cage wasn't bad Oh, he's Lyndon, great. Lyndon Ashby's awesome. Yeah. I, I was just talking about like what we have as far as oh. our cast in this one. Yeah. My name is Liu Kang. Let me warm you. So, <laughs> Chris, what, what does a what does a sequel have to bring for you, man? To well, take would, it even higher than that B plus. <laughs> to piggyback off what you guys said, because I agree with a lot of it. Um, I want a tournament. I want to see history lesson. I want to see Johnny Cage, and Johnny Cage has to be a big name in this movie. Mm-hmm. You like, like you guys said, you can't pick a small actor. You need a name. If it's um, Zach Efron, if it's The Miz, I don't care if it's Keanu Reeves. Whatever you do, get a name for Johnny Cage because you need somebody to anchor the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, even though I, I, I like this one, I know I've complained about it. I gave it a B though. I like it. I still want a soft reboot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, that's what yes. I want. I think that we had a good foundation, but this isn't going to cut it for a sequel. We need to go bigger, need to go different, lean more into the lore. I want to see Quan Chi. I love Quan Chi. Mm. He's not been on screen in a movie. He Well, he was in Annihilation, but they cut him, which was probably better off. Um, I want to see Shinnok. If you take out Shang Tsung, stick Shinnok in it. Or Shinnok. You see his, am- his uh, amulet anyway. We know he's around. He's trapped in there. Let him out. I want to see Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn, because yes. we see him too. We see him in statue form. We see yeah. him in the paintings. You know, lean into that lore. Make the movie bigger. Most of all, get a good writer. Yeah. <laughs> get someone who can blend the two worlds because, yeah, the stories, like I said, aren't that complex in Mortal Kombat, but that doesn't mean a movie should also be like that. You can have great action and a good story. Look at John Wick. They killed his dog. That's all it is. He wants revenge for the dog. He murders half of the city. <laughs> and you buy it you totally buy it why can't we have that world combat totally totally 
Yeah, for me, I, I think we're all on the same page. Like, it'll, it's pretty simple for a soft reboot. You just open that thing up with Shao Kahn taking out Shang Tsung and start a tournament and probably host the majority of it on Outworld. Mm-hmm. You could you could come film it up here when Last of Us is done. You got the Badlands that looks a lot like Outworld. And uh, off you go. We got all the locales. We got the stages and... Um, you know, we're set. I, I think a sequel will be huge. And like Chris said, there is stuff to like in this one. And hopefully it continues to have a bit of success so that we get that soft reboot sequel kind of thing. And hey, the, the future's the future's bright. So just not a repeat of Annihilation, please. <laughs> mm. hey, hey, quick, quick thing for you guys over under. Do you think we'll see a um, you think we'll see Cole ever pop up in the game? Oh, 100%. Guaranteed. You'll pop in the game. You think so? Yeah. I think the Whatever. land is afterlife. What's that? Sorry, sorry? Uh, well, that's what they call that new version they put out, Mortal Kombat 11 Afterlife. Yeah. Oh, is he in it? Well, I'm saying I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they add him like, as another DLC. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Because they haven't capped it yet, I don't think. Because they, they usually do the two fighter packs and the two expansions, right? So Afterlife is the second expansion but they haven't started selling it as like the quote unquote ultimate version or whatever. Right. They yeah. always do. So I think whatever your ultimate version will be mm-hmm. is Cole will be it, one or maybe the only character they add to it and mm. a few other things. So interesting. He's coming, man. Maybe he'll win your heart playing that uh, PS5 version. <laughs> I'll just put the controller down and just let the computer have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents. Well, thanks so much. This was actually a pretty fun little uh, super episode of Nerd Room Arcade. Chris, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. You, you brought a lot to the conversation, being the MK ringer. I do what I can. Thank you guys for having me, though. I really had fun with you. Oh, man, our pleasure. Yeah, always yeah, thanks for coming through, man. That's awesome. Yeah, dudes. So I'm going to close this one out. I might have chickened out with that opening, but for the Nerd Room Arcade, I'm Carlos. I'm Troy. I'm Tim. I'm Chris. And we out. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out thenerdroom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.